This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's the dog days of summer as I'm recording this in July 2022. So what better time to check in on classic value stocks? We usually check in at the start of the year, so we might as well do it around the middle of the year as well. And with the stock market still being pretty soft and weak here, there could be even more value than what we think, right? So I've run the classic value stock screen many times. As you all know, it's very narrow. It looks for Zach's number one and number two stocks. That's the highest of the Zach's ranks. It also includes the value scores of these are the style scores of A and B. Those are the top of the style scores. So right there, it's going to be pretty narrow uh, just with those two criteria. But then it looks for all the classic value fundamentals, a PE under 20, a PEG under one, the price to cash flow under 20, price to sales also under one, and a price to book under two. And that's even more narrow than what I normally look for. I usually look for a price to book under three. It must be over $5. That's also in the screen because we really don't want like the $2 stocks. I mean, we can be picky, right? We, we have a lot to choose from maybe. Um, although usually in the past with this screen, we've only gotten like five or six stocks. I think once or twice I've gotten like nine or 10. That's a lot. If I get nine or 10, I'm always like surprised because remember this screen means the stocks have to be dirt cheap. So all of those value fundamentals are dirt cheap and they have to have rising earnings estimates. That's the Zach's rank of number one strong buy or number two buy. And right now, not many have the rising earning estimate component part of it and are also dirt cheap and have that price to cash flow in there too. So I ran the screen and I was surprised, very surprised this time. I got 20 matches. I think that's the most that I can recall ever got getting on it. Maybe there was one time a couple of years ago where maybe it was like 15 or maybe close to 20. I can't even remember back that far, but I have a feeling I, I can't remember it ever being as high as 20. So this could be the new record. And as some of you may already assume, if you've listened to many of my podcasts, a chunk of the stocks were in energy. And that's because they're among the highest rank of the industries. Uh, they have the rising earnings estimates on those record high crude and natural gas prices. And those stocks are dirt cheap. They've fallen back off their highs. They have low everything. And now they also have the good cash flows. So, yes, a bunch of the stocks are energy. But we shouldn't dismiss the list of 20 just based on that, because that just means that there's a lot of value to be found in the energy complex right now, even with the big rally off the coronavirus lows. But there were still some stocks on the list outside of energy. And so I picked out five stocks, which does include a few energy picks, but some outside to take a little bit deeper dive into a look into what's going on with these companies. How are they so cheap? 
Uh, how do they have the rising earnings estimates if they're outside of energy? I didn't think that was possible right now, but some of these do. And what is going on with them that makes them the number ones or number twos with those good style scores for value? So let's dive right in. The first one out of the gate is called Seco Environmental. I'm not sure if they pronounce it. I'm assuming that they do, but it's C-E-C-O Environmental. And the ticker is actually C-E-C-E. So slightly different from the name C-E-C-E. And on their website, they said that they're a diversified industrial company whose solutions protect people, the environment, and industrial equipment throughout the globe. So I kind of like the space this is in. I saw environmental in the name and I thought, oh, good. If we're going to talk about some energy, maybe we talk about something else that might be, you know, helping on the flip side on the climate change environmental side. And they have two different segments, engineered systems and industrial process solutions. Engineered Systems serves uh, companies in like power generation. They do serve refineries, water and wastewater, and midstream oil and gas markets. It works on like emissions management, uh, product recovery, things like that. So this is a positive, even though it does have energy as some of its customers. On the industrial process solution side, this is air pollution protecting the air. And this is a ton of different kinds of companies, a lot of industrials, fluid handling, food and beverage, wood manufacturing, companies like that. That's what who they are helping. So they did say they're buying Compass Water Solutions. They bought it for $12.5 million in cash and debt. And so that's adding to their water side of things. And so they are growing here. Uh, on the earnings side, two estimates are higher in the last 30 days. So that's positive. This year, expected to make $0.54, cents, up 93% from the $0.28 cents they made last year. And then another growth year expected by the analysts in 2023, up 9.3%. Now, this is a small cap company. That's probably why you've never heard of it, and I never have either. Its market cap is just $261 million. So I like these small cap kind of hidden gem companies that not many people are paying attention to. And because it matched our screen, it's got all the low valuations. Its PE is just 13.7. It has a peg of 0.9. Price to sales is 0.8. Price to book is 1.2. And price to cash flow is 13.2. Uh, year to date, these shares are up 20%. So someone else is figuring it out that something good might be going on here. And they are doing a share repurchase, they announced in May, after they had a record uh, first quarter with record orders up 75% to $106.9 million. And some of that was, uh, is most of it was going to the organic side as well. So that's positive. That share repurchase that they're now doing is $20 million share repurchase. And it's the largest in the company's history. Because again, they're a small cap company, just $261 million. Now they're reporting earnings again on August 8th. So we can tune in to see what's happening here with second quarter, because just because they had a good first quarter, the economy is slowing. We don't know what's going to happen going forward. But you kind of got to like the story here. This might be one to keep on your watch list. 
and see what happens on this earnings call. It's Seco Environmental, C-E-C-E. Then we're going to switch over to the furniture side. It's been a little while since we've talked about one of these. It's been a little rocky for the furniture retailers after RH has now warned twice in the past couple months that its sales are slowing dramatically. So what's going on with the other ones? We haven't really had earnings uh, with some of these yet, but we have with this one. It is Bassett Furniture, ticker B-S-E-T. Most of you know it because maybe you've seen it in a store. So they have a huge wholesale business, 700 accounts on that side, but they do own 95 company and licensee-owned retail stores now. So that's a growing area of their business on the retail, so directly to us, the consumer. So what's going on here? Uh, They reported in June and they saw record sales for the retail side. The retail side at the stores was up 21% to 75.6 million. Uh, Regular revenues, total revenues for that quarter uh, were up 17%. So wholesale, retail, everything was up double digits. Um, They also sold... And I know I've talked about this in the past. They were selling their Zenith logistics company to J.B. Hunt, the big trucking and logistics company, bought it. Bought it. They got a big cash infusion for that. But even without the cash infusion, they were still looking good on their balance sheet. They have no debt. And now they have $89.3 million in cash. So both those things sound good to me as a value investor. And they raised their dividend. on July 14th. So things are still apparently looking pretty good. The board wants to raise it again. They did say in June when they reported at the end of June that their 17-day Memorial Day event that they do every year, it's a big sale. They invested in the marketing this year and it paid off as it was the second best Memorial Day holiday ever after last year. But They did acknowledge that they're moving into a period of slower sales. It's just what's happening out there. Consumers starting to doubt a bit about the economy. Uh, They're paying more for everything. So they may put off some purchases perhaps on the furniture side. So during this period of slowing sales, they're going to invest into their digital. They're going to refresh some of their stores around the country as well. But analysts see earnings up 29.5% this fiscal year to $2.37 versus $1.83 last year. They do still have a backlog that they're trying to work their way through. And the company even says the orders that they have right now you know, will be delivered by this fall. That's pretty strong numbers. But then it's uncertain what will be happening. So year to date, these shares are up 32% now. And they've jumped 28% in the last month after this better than expected earnings report. And now the raising of the dividend. Dividend is yielding 2.7%. Bassett is kind of one of the unknown and least followed of the furniture companies. But um, again, the growth is there and the expansion is there and good brand name. The market cap is just $204 million with Bassett. And again, they have $89 million in cash on their balance sheets. So you got to like all of that. What does it look like on the cheap side? PE is still just 9.4, PEG is 0.6, price to free cash flow is 6.7, price to sales is just 0.4, 
and price to book is 1.1. So if you're looking around for a way to play the housing area, um, Bassett could be one. I, you know, would keep it on my watch list. I do like the furniture makers, but it is going to slow, you know, going into next year. And what's going to happen to these shares? They've spiked here, I would maybe be patient. I might be on the sidelines waiting to see if they sell off again. But Bassett ticker is B as in boy, S as in Sam, E-T. Then we're going to switch over to the energy side. So I chose, there was a bunch of big oils from around the globe on the list and I chose BP. We haven't talked about it in a while. Ticker is just BP. They're based out of London and they're the complete picture. Now they have been uh, talking for the last several years of changing over to renewables, and they have been investing in EV charging stations and offshore wind, things like that. But the predominant part of their business right now is still oil, natural gas, uh, chemicals, all of this stuff. And like all the other energies, things are going well with those prices high. So earnings expected to be up 106.5% this year to $7.89 from $3.82 last year. They are paying a dividend. Uh, did I write it down? Yes, yielding 4.7%. So it's high like the other big oil companies. They also are doing massive share buyback. So they did a big buyback in the first quarter, and then they announced a 2.5 billion share buyback for the second quarter. It should be paid off by the time they announce second quarter earnings, which are coming up on August 2nd. If you're listening to this after August, then they've already reported, announced all these things. And so you should go check out what is really happening with both the dividend and any share buyback. They've been paying down the debt. Net debt has fallen eight quarters in a row and is now just $27.5 billion. So I like that. I like um, that these companies are, you know, putting it to the balance sheet in a combined way, both to shareholders and to pay off some of their massive debt. Um, okay, so how cheap is it? PE is just 3.6, PEG of 0.7, price to cash flow is just 3.3. Price to sales is 0.5 and price to book is 1.1. Year to date, these shares are only up 6.7%. So kind of lagging compared to a lot of the other um, energy stocks, maybe because they're in Europe and there's uncertainty there with the Ukraine war. But uh, that's maybe what makes these even more of a deal. And over the last month, they have pulled back a bit and are up only 0.7% during that time period. So we'll see if these companies get a boost on their earnings reports, but that's coming soon. And we, again, will see how much is the free cash flow this quarter. That's BP and the ticker is BP. Then I'm staying on the energy side, but I'm switching over to the refining and service station side with Philips 66, ticker P is in Paul, S is in Sam, X. And they are actually reporting this week that I'm reporting this on July 29th. Now they're in the midstream, so that does the transporting and storing of uh, natural gas liquids, crude feedstocks, some other stuff. 
they have that business, they have chemicals, they have refining, and then they have the marketing business, which is the service stations. On the refining side, they own 12 refineries in the U.S. and Europe. And on the gas station side, they own 7,540 gas stations in 48 states. They are moving into the emerging energy business like BP is. On the renewable fuel side, batteries, hydrogen, some of those areas, but just like with BP, their earnings are really being driven right now on the chemical, refining, and gas station side. So in the first quarter, they repaid $1.45 billion in debt. Um, so that's a bonus, like I said, with BP and any of these companies really – Repaying the debt is a good use of the cash. They also restarted share repurchases. So those had been halted. Those restarted. They pay a very nice dividend, however, yielding 4.5%. So you don't have to own big oil necessarily to get that big dividend. This is uh, not big oil, and they're still paying it out. Uh, they do have a new CEO who started July 1st, so keep that in mind. But these shares are up year-to-date 20.9%, and they did pull back a bit in the recent weeks, but are still up 4% in the last month. Now, what's going on with earnings? Expected to be up 154% to $14.49 from $5.70 last year. So pretty dramatic increase, as you might imagine. It's also dirt cheap, just like BP, with a PE of 5.9, a PEG of 0.5, price to cash flow of 9, price to sales of just 0.3, and price to book of 1.9. So again, they're reporting on July 29th, Philip 66. By the time you listen to this, if you're listening on the weekend, they've already reported. So go check out and see what's happening with any kind of share buybacks, dividends, anything else that they might be doing with the cash flow that they generated in that quarter. So that's Phillips 66 PSX is the ticker. And then we're going to switch over to supply chain solutions with Wesco International, ticker WCC. WC is in cat, C is in cat. And this one is interesting. So it's not that small of a company, market cap of $5.8 billion, no dividend, but they do pay a preferred dividend out. But that won't help you and I because we're just buying the common stock, right? And these shares also trade over $100, which makes them a little less attractive to some of us who, you know, just prefer the, the lower price stock so we can buy more shares. Um, so I get it. But it's uh, has interesting dynamics right now. So they describe themselves as the leading global supply chain solutions provider. And um, what they do is they build, connect, power, and protect the world is what they say. They're in a lot of communications and broadband solutions. They did buy Annexter. Annexter? They merged with them and they're doing a digital transformation now. So a lot of that is happening behind the scenes and management, you know, coming and going a little bit with some of the, uh, you know, merger 
issues that are going on. But in the first quarter, they had record net sales up 22% year over year to $4.9 billion. Also had record earnings, and then they raised their full year earnings guidance. We don't see many of that happening, even though this was the first quarter, which was in May. And so we don't know if they're seeing anything with a slowdown. Um, still impressive. They didn't have to raise guidance, but they did anyways. So the key is they have a lot of corporate clients. Are they seeing any slowing there? Um, we will see. They report on August 4th. So if you're listening to this after August 4th, they've reported. Go check it out and see what happened. Now, earnings expected to be up 47.7% um, here in uh, 2022 to 14.74 from 9.98. These shares have traded down a bit here in um, 2022. They're down 12.9 percent, and it's kind of volatile. It's not. Uh, it's like a choppy chart. Over the last three months, also down 4.6 percent. So even though these are cheap too, they have pulled back. And for some reason, I did not write down the PEs and the pegs <laughs> on my little transcripts here for Wesco, but it's all cheap, right? We know it is because it has to meet the screen. Um, so I want to say it traded around nine or 10 times um, on the PE level, and then everything else is cheap as well. So you can't fault that. And it's outside of energy and they're raising the guidance, at least they were in May. So this is an area to keep um, maybe on your radar, supply chain solutions. And, you know, this kind of communications area could be interesting. And as always, you need to do your own research when you're looking at any of the screens. You know, we all run the screens and then we think that's just going to be, you know, all we need to do. But no, you need to dig deeper down. I only did just a, a glossing over with some of these companies looking at the basics. But you need to look a little bit deeper and find out what's really going on. Listen to the conference calls. These earnings reports are coming in. The business could be changing with the Fed raising and these market conditions now um, and money getting tighter. So anything can happen in between earnings reports as always, but this time even more so. So make sure you look at everything that's going on uh, before diving in, because I always say with value stocks, there is a reason that they are cheap sometimes. Um, value means that the market is ignoring them as they're doing with energy right now, right? Everybody thinks that's done. The energy trade is over and we don't want to own that anyways because we hate it. So that's why those are cheap. And maybe you could say the same thing with furniture. We got the warnings from RH. The housing market is slowing you know, the consumer is going to pull back. Who's going to be buying furniture? No, we hate those stocks too. So that's why that's cheap. Um, so you always have to look at what, why are these values? Why are they being ignored by the market? Some of them legitimately should be ignored, right? But that's why we're hoping with a Zach's rank of one or two, something good is going on with those earnings estimates that they're on the rise for whatever reason. 
And that at least can give us something to go off of that, hey, maybe something good is going on behind the scenes here, even if the industry is somewhat challenged, right? So keep those things in mind. Um, And the screen is just your starting point. And again, I got 20 stocks on this screen. These are only just five of them. So you'd have to take some time to dig into all the rest. But I would say at least half were energy stocks. So the story is pretty much the same with most of the energies, Um, depending on what area you're in. You could be a producer, you could be in the midstream, you could be in the gas station side or refining or on oil services. They all have different business models and way to earn revenue. So keep that in mind as well with energy. But let me recap the stock tickers again in case you missed them because these are some interesting ones. So we had um, Seco Environmental, C-E-C-E. We had Bassett Furniture, uh, B-S-E-T. We had BP, the big oil company, which is just BP. We had Philips 66. Uh, They're on the refining and the marketing midstream, P-S-X. And then we had Wesco International Supply Chain on the communications uh, broadband side, WCC. And as always, you want to be sure to subscribe to get all of my podcasts. I know many of you are getting them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're also on Amazon Music and we're on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge. So I do that podcast every week as well with some more stock picks. So you can get a plethora of stock picks between my two podcasts every week, but be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.